0: What's well, good, everyone? We're on episode number six of Truth and Love. Yes, that's right. Here, Truth and Love, we always, always credit everyone and everything for information that we obtain. And of course, we give credit and truly believe with our whole hearts that Lord Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, who died on the cross, rose from the dead three days later, Shedding his blood once and for all. So that way no one would have to drink baby blood, human blood, and eat their penal glands to have fake eternal life. When you have eternal life for real. We here believe that. We're not here to push our faith and beliefs upon anybody. But we're here to present the facts and the stories of those that come forward. And merging them together. But of course... We have to credit the American Presidency Project for what we're going to be going over because this is Executive Orders Part 4. All right, We have a few different executive orders we have to cover so that way we all understand how many executive orders we're really looking at in the United States, of course. Uh, other countries are implementing this kind of thing that we have one way or another, as, I, as I've been hearing. Which would make sense because of how the Illustrious Council control the entire world through the first world countries, second world countries, and then third world countries are controlled by the first and second world countries. But we're going to talk about Executive Orders 11002, 11003, and 11004, all but signed by JFK. And this was also signed February 16th. 1962, all of them. Now, we're then going to go into long-term generational wealth. and we're going to give you that free book on how to benefit the right way. So with that being said, we're going to go over the declaration of independence, the first couple uh, sentences, and then we're going to go over the executive orders. All right. So what says here, when in the course of human events, It becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth, the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Okay? Who is the governed? We. The people. That's why we have the Constitution. It says, we the people. It doesn't say... We the congressmen, or we the uh, elites, or we the business. No, no, we the governed, we the people. Everyone. So with that being said, of course, let's go into our first executive order 11002. Okay. Its title is Assigning Emergency Preparedness Functions to the Postmaster General. All right. Or what we like to call Control of Postmaster General for Registration System. Okay. That's why they're having that whole fight of wanting to keep the Postmaster General. Okay. Not because of Benjamin Franklin being the first Postmaster. I mean, that's great what he did. Uh, But based off the history, what we've already been talking about... He's not a really good person. <laughs> really isn't. But Postmaster General... It, here's the thing is that... Everything was set up... Specifically... To end at a certain point And not... Actually be that way... For the entirety. So the only reason they're keeping the Postmaster around... By the whole... Thing that they're talking about with the stimulus is because of Executive Order 11,002. All right. So what that means says, By virtue of the authority vested in me as President of the United States, including authority vested in me by Reorganization Plan Number 1 of 1958, 72 Stat 1799, it is hereby ordered as follows. Section 1, Scope. The Postmaster General shall assist in the development of a National Emergency Registration System. These plans and programs shall be designed to develop a state of readiness in this area with respect to all conditions of national emergency, including attack upon the United States. Section 2. Cooperation with Department of Defense. In connoissance with national civil defense plans, programs, and operations of the Department of Defense under Executive Order No. 10952, the Postmaster General shall... Letter A registration system all right so section 2 cooperation with department department of defence meaning this is their enforcement their department of defence the force to put people on the registry so since that he's that this individual the postmaster is working with the department of defence a is the registration system says, assist in planning a national program and developing technical guidance for states and directing post office activities concerned with registering persons and families for the purpose of receiving and answering welfare inquiries and, re- and reuniting families in civil defense emergencies. The pro- program shall include A-1 forms, procurement, transportation, storage, and distribution of safety notification and emergency change of address, cards in quantities and localities jointly determined by the Department of Defense and the Post Office Department. Two, training. Conduct of training programs for postal employees, which will enable them to operate emergency central postal directories and to assist in the operation of a national emergency registration system, including support of local welfare activities in reuniting families. Okay. So for the registration they have control over the forms and the training. Okay. It doesn't really have anything to do with putting people back together. Maybe theirs, their families back together. But nothing about actually helping the American people. Now, people can argue based off where it does say, off of. The reuniting families, okay, from where it says in letter A, and reuniting families in civil defense emergencies, all right, as well as training, where it says system including support of local welfare activities in reuniting families. (laughs) Really is to coop them up into like cattle. Letter B of Section 2, Damage Assessment, maintain a capability to assess the effects of attack on its postal service and resources, both at national and field levels, and provide data to the Department of Defense. Of course, that goes into the other executive orders. Damage Assessment is just self-explanatory. Section 3. Functional guidance, okay? Section three has A, B, and C. So A is interagency cooperation. B is presidential coordination. C is emergency planning, okay? This goes back into the other executive orders that we spoke over about already, how they're basically the same thing. So if you missed them, definitely go back to them and listen through it. But we're gonna speak on this exactly again. Interagency cooperation. So that way everyone understands it's the same thing reiterated on all of them. The postmaster general shall work with the heads of other agencies concerned in the development of systems outlined above. He shall utilize to the maximum those capabilities of other agencies qualified to perform or assist in the performance of assigned functions by contractual or other agreements. Okay. That means that whatever duties they have outside take precedence to making sure that (laughs) this goes through. Why? Because letter B of Section 3, Presidential Coordination, the Director of the Office of Emergency Planning shall advise and assist the President in determining policy for and assist him in coordinating the performance of functions under this order with the Total National Preparedness Program. Meaning, the corral that they've created, and how they are actually turning the right keys of the president on creating New World Order. Since they're the advisors, that's one of the things about the Rothschilds, as well as some of the other families, but ones that had a lot of power were advisors. And the Rothschilds are most exemplary, exemplary, out of being advisory, to really a more structured background of government affairs, political monarchy type affairs. Okay, so B is where they control the president. C, emergency planning, emergency plans and programs, and emergency organization structures re- required. Thereby shall be developed as an integral part of the continuing activities of the post office department on the basis that it will have the responsibility for carrying out such programs during an emergency. The postmaster general shall be prepared to implement all appropriate plans developed under this order. Modifications and temporary organizational organizational changes based on emergency conditions shall be in accordance with policy determination by the president. Okay. This means... That this is the cherry on top of that dessert sundae, that banana split that they made. (laughs) They said, we got a banana, alright, for section three. We got our strawberry for letter A. We got our chocolate for letter B. And we got our vanilla for letter C. That little sprinkle on top for Section 4, Emergency Actions. Nothing in this order shall be construed as conferring authority under Title Three of the Federal Civil Defense Act of 1950 as amended or otherwise put into effect any emergency plan, procedure, policy, program, of course or course of action prepared or developed pursuant to this order. Such authority is reserved to the president. So they're saying that uh, here's the cherry with them sprinkles. On that banana split Sunday, that we're letting you know, yeah, the president has control, but technically we have control. Section five, redelegation. The postmaster general is hereby authorized to redelegate within the post office department. The functions here and above signed him. So he can move and place whoever he wants in there. And then section six, prior actions to the extent of any inconsistency between the provisions of any prior order and the provisions of this order, the latter shall control. Emergency Preparedness Order Number 9, heretofore, issued by the Director, Office of Civil and Defense Mobilization, 26FR661-662, is hereby revoked. John F. Kennedy, signed February 16, 1962. All right, that's 11,002, executive order. All right, 11003, 11,003. Assigning emergency preparedness functions to the administrator of the Federal Aviation Agency or as we like to call it, control of airports, air travel, and operating facilities. By virtue of the authority vested in me, as President of the United States, including authority vested in me by re- Reorganization Plan Number 1 of 1958, 72 Stat. 1799, it is hereby ordered as follows. Section 1. Scope. The Administrator of the Federal Aviation Agency, which is the FAA, which is the whole reason why the FAA was covering up the fact of 9-11 to begin with. So this executive order is one of the main reasons why the FAA is silent about a lot of crashes. Anyway, the administrator of the FAA, Federal Aviation Agency, hereinafter referred to as the Administrator, shall prepare national emergency plans and develop preparedness programs covering the emergency management of the nation's civil airports, civil aviation, operating facilities, civil aviation services, and civil aircraft other than than air carrier aircraft. These plans and programs shall be designed to develop a state of readiness in these areas with respect to all conditions of national emergency, including attack upon the United States. Section two, transportation functions. The administrator shall have A, B, C, D, E and F. National program guidance, letter A. Develop plans and issue national program guidance designed to utilize the maximum extent the existing non-military facilities, technical competence and resources of the federal government states and local political subdivisions thereof and non-governmental organizations and systems engaged in aeronautical activities to promote the effective and safe use and maintenance of aeronautical facilities, equipment and services in an emergency. Basically telling people what they can and can't do, like as you're seeing with like JetBlue. Letter B, Operations formulate plans for the development, utilization, expansion, and emergency management of the nation's civil airports, civil aviation ground facilities, and equipment required for essential civil air operations, except manufacturing facilities, but including the development of orders for ensuring the continued operation of essential civil airports, civil aviation operating facilities, and civil aviation equipment. So they already have the manufacturing of the facilities covered because of prior executive orders that you'll want to go back to. And Yes, I'm not going to say it for a reason, so that way you go back to listen to the other executive orders to understand why these are important if you haven't listened to it. But it is controlling the operations of the air. And the ports and all that. Letter C. Priorities and allocations. Develop plans and procedures for controls, allocations, and priorities concerned with the utilization of aircraft other than air carrier aircraft in an emergency. So control of the plans and procedures for the operations. Letter D. Resources. Periodically assess assigned resources available from all sources in order to estimate availability under an emergency situation. Analyze resource estimates in relation to estimated requirements in order to identify problem areas and develop appropriate recommendations and programs. Provide data and assistance before and after attack for national resource evaluation purposes of the Office of Emergency Planning. Okay. So for the resources, they have a complete control over that as well. And also having a watchful eye over the resources letter e requirements determine emergency requirements for material and supplies needed to <clears throat> excuse me to manufacture maintain or operate air navigation facilities civil airports and civil aircraft for which the administrator is responsible pretty straightforward letter f claimancy prepare plans to claim materials manpower equipment supplies and services needed to carry out assigned responsibilities and other essential functions of the agency from the appropriate agencies and work with such agencies in developing programs to ensure availability of such resources in an emergency basically they get a claim over the work and the claimancy goes along with a lot of the other executive orders meaning that they can go to back and forth between each other Section 3 Cooperation with Department of Defense In accordance with National Civil Defense Plans programs and operations of the Department of Defense and under Executive Order number 10952 the administrator shall letter a b c d e and f let's go over them Letter A, professional training, prepare and incorporate into appropriate courses dealing with aeronautics and aviation applicable civil defense knowledge and skills necessary to ensure maximum operation, operational effectiveness of essential civil air transportation systems and facilities and prepare and distribute such civil defense information to the management of air transportation systems and facilities, states and local governments, voluntary agencies, and commercial and professional groups concerned with the development, utilization, expansion, and emergency management of non-military aviation. Again, it's control over the training. B. Facilities Protection. Analyze potential effects of attack as a basis for developing and promoting a national program of vulnerability reduction, disaster preparedness, and damage control designed to minimize the effects of overt or covert attack on civil Aviation facilities except aircraft manufacturing plants. Such programs shall include, but shall not be limited to, guidance with respect to deconcentration and dispersal of facilities and equipment, organization and training of facility employees, shelter, evacuation and relocation plans, records protection, continuity of management, and emergency repair and recovery of facilities. Meaning they have the air covered for protecting facilities, all of them. Letter C, monitoring. Provide the detect, excuse me, (laughs) provide for the detection, identification, monitoring, and reporting of chemical, biological, and radiological agents at facilities operated or controlled by the Federal Aviation Agency. Again, Having an oversight of the entire operation on the aviation side. Decontamination, letter D. (laughs) Provide technical advice, guidance, and consultation to federal, state, and local civil aviation authorities on measures for minimizing the effects of chemical, biological, and radiological contamination of civil airports and civil aviation facilities, aircraft, ground equipment, and personnel. Meaning, they get to exterminate... Even humans constituted under those. Because we are a mix of chemical, biological, and radiological. Contamination is what they call us. (laughs) Great way of putting it. And it says it in other executive orders, so go back to him if you haven't heard it. And I'm going to keep saying that every single time. (laughs) But anyway, those who have listened to him, you don't have to go back to them unless you really want to. But those that haven't listened to it, yes, I will say it. But letter E is damage assessment. Again, it's the same thing from previous executive orders. Maintain a capability to assess the effects of attack on all air navigation, air traffic control, and aeronautical communications facilities, all civil airports, civil aircraft, and all other facilities essential to safe and effective air transportation operations, and a national emergency, a <clears throat> excuse me, emergency agency, and provide data to the Department of Defense. Again, just having an overlook of the assessment of what damage has happened or will happen. Letter F, salvage and rehabilitation. Develop plans for salvage of supplies and equipment and the rehabilitation of or replacement of essential civil aviation systems, facilities, and services after attack excluding the manufacture of aircraft, but including direction of federal activities for the emergency clearance and restoration of essential civil airports in damaged areas. Again, clean up and clean up, reorganize, restructure. That's how it's working with that salvage and rehabilitation. Section 4. Research within the framework of Overall federal research objectives, the administrator shall supervise or conduct research directly concerned with carrying out emergency preparedness responsibilities, designate representatives for necessary ad hoc or task force groups, and provide advice and assistance to other agencies in planning for research in areas involving the agency's interests. Meaning, they get to research whatever in the field of the air. and Anything related to it. Section 5. Functional guidance The administrator in carrying out the functions Assigned in this order shall be guided By the following A, B, and C Again it's that Section 5 Is the banana Letter A Is the Strawberry ice cream Letter B Is that chocolate ice cream Letter C is that vanilla ice cream Letter section 6 Emergency actions is going to be those sprinkles. (laughs) And then section seven is going to be that cherry on top. And then just because of some extra little fudge in that nice Sunday, they're going to have prior actions in section eight, all saying the same thing. Okay. We're going to go over it again, just so that way you understand that they're repeating what they're saying. So, we're going back to Section 5, Functional Guidance, Letter A, Interagency Cooperation. The administrator shall work with the Secretary of Commerce, the Civil Aeronautics Board, and heads of other agencies concerned with the development of National Emergency Transportation Program. In the development of emergency plans and programs pursuant to this order and the execution of functions assigned thereunder, the administrator shall perform his functions in manner compatible with his responsibilities to the Department of Defense under the Federal Aviation Act of 1958, and and without compromise of his ability to discharge such responsibilities. Nothing in this order shall be construed to limit the authority vested in the Administrator by the Federal Aviation Act of 1958 with respect to the exercise of the Administrator's authority and responsibility in an air defense emergency, as distinguished from a civil defense emergency. And they put in parentheses, as as distinguished from a, and in quotations, civil defense emergency, (laughs) or other state emergency as may be declared by the president. Okay, that's just saying they can work with anybody who they want to. Letter B, Presidential Coordination. The Director of Office of Emergency Planning shall advise and assist the President in determining policy for and assist him in coordinating the performance of functions under this order with the Total National Preparedness Program. The control of the elites with FEMA again on letter B, controlling the President's actions. Letter C, emergency planning, emergency plans and programs and emergency organizational structure required thereby shall be developed as an integral part of the continuing activities of the Federal Aviation Agency on the basis that it will have the responsibility for carrying out such programs during an emergency. The administrator shall be prepared to implement all appropriate plans developed under this order. Modifications and temporary organizational changes based on emergency conditions will be in accordance with the policy determination by the president saying that yeah you know even though we pull his strings we will make him think that he's doing what he thinks is best but you know <laughs> otherwise nope we're going to section 6 emergency actions nothing in this order shall be construed as conferring authority under title 3 of the federal civil defense act of 1950 as amended or otherwise to put into effect any emergency plan, procedure, policy, program, of, or course of action prepared or developed pursuant to this order. Such authority is reserved to the president. So just think of this as a banana split. But instead of that Sunday, that tastes so good and so delicious. It tastes like manure and sewage. Made y'all think something nasty, didn't I? <laughs> Getting y'all delicious in the tummy there. <laughs> but that's how it really is. Making it look all pretty like that banana split sundae. I'm not saying everybody loves a banana split sundae. It's just a, as a metaphor that something very delicious looking tastes disgusting on the inside. Nasty. So just of the nastiest meal, the most disgusting meal you've ever had in your entire life. Think of that, how that tastes with the look of your best meal that you've ever had. And that's what they do. And of course, redelegation, Section 7, the administrator of the Federal Aviation Agency is hereby authorized to redelegate within the agency the functions here and above assigned to him. Section 8, prior actions, to the extent of any inconsistency between the provisions of any order here. Prior order and the provisions of this order, the latter shall control. Emergency preparedness order number three, heretofore issued by the Director, Office of Civil and Defense Mobilization, 26FR 655-656, is hereby revoked. Signed John F. Kennedy, February 16th, 1962. And as uh, we went over previously, John F. Kennedy signed a fair few amount of executive orders. In rapid succession. We're going to cover them all, of course, but we're going to go over 11,004. But just to let you know, as ahead of time, he did write out many from 10,900, if I'm not mistaken, 95. Or no, I'm sorry, from 1,990. And then went to 1,000, or excuse me, 11,005. Those are the ones that were in rapid succession. Correct me if I'm wrong, but yes, the vast majority, if not all of them, that I just named from 10,990 to 11,005. Okay, all those tarnished, gone. Bye bye. So with that being said, let's go ahead and finish up with 11,004, executive order. Assigning certain emergency preparedness functions to the housing and home finance administrator. What? You mean they take our houses too? Yes, they take the houses too. Which says control over housing and community facilities. Hmm. By virtue of the authority vested in me as... President of the United States, including authority vested in me by Reorganization Plan Number 1 of 1958, 72 Stat 1799, it is hereby ordered as follows. Section 1. Scope. The Housing and Home Finance Administrator, hereinafter referred to as the Administrator, shall prepare national emergency plans and develop preparedness programs covering all aspects of lodging or housing and community Facilities here related there too. These plans and programs shall be designed to develop a state of readiness in these areas with respect to all conditions of national emergency, including attack upon the United States. Section 2. Oh, yes. And Section 1, again, is just saying that they have control of all lodging and houses. And that means hotels, that means Airbnb, and all that goody-goody stuff. The Section 2, Housing Functions, the administrator shall, letters A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, and I, yes. So letter A, New Housing, develop plans for the construction and management of new housing and the community facilities related thereto, when and where it is deemed to be necessary with public funds through direct federal action or the construction of new housing through financial or credit assistance in support of production programs. Meaning, let people destroy their poorly run-down areas completely and run it to the ground, and then let, the, let FEMA come in with the control of, over housing and community facilities with new housing. Letter B. Communities. Develop plans for the selection, acquisition, development, and disposal of areas for civilian uses in new, expanded, restored, or relocated communities and for the construction of housing for new or restored communities. A what? (laughs) Yes. Problem, reaction, solution. So everything that's happening right now? Yes. The riots are linking back to the political parties. Which means that they're then going to be using Executive Order 11,004 to create the new houses and communities. Yes. So really, if that's unlocked before this can happen, this can really tear this all apart. Letter C. Resources. Periodically assess assigned resources available from all sources in order to estimate availability under an emergency situation Analyze resource estimates in relation to estimated requirements in order to identify problem areas and develop appropriate recommendations and programs. Provide provide data and assistance before and after attack for national resources, evaluation purposes of the Office of Emergency Planning. Which basically means that whether an attack is happening or not, they're going to find out and they're going to have the control of the resources one way or another. Letter D. Priorities. Develop standards and priorities for guidance of states and communities in making maximum use of and allocating available housing resources. Letter E. Requirements. Okay, priorities. It's pretty straightforward. Letter E. Requirements. Periodically assemble, develop as appropriate, and evaluate requirements with with respect to assigned resources and services. Such estimates shall take into consideration the geographical distribution of requirements under emergency conditions. Again, straightforward. If that doesn't make sense to you, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, uh, it's not an effort to to tell you. It. Really, it's just it, it's really at an odd way that they put it. Okay, so let's break this down. Periodically assemble, develop as appropriate, and evaluate requirements with respect to assigned resources and services. Okay, what they mean specifically about that is... Go over the area and make a fake scenario. Such estimates shall take into consideration the geographical distribution of requirements under emergency conditions. And then assessing the damage of what's been taken place under those emergency conditions. Now, letter F: claimancy. Prepare plans to claim materials, manpower, equipment, supplies, and services needed in, a, in support of the sign of responsibilities and other essential functions of the agency from appropriate agencies, and work with such agencies in developing programs to ensure availability of such resources in an emergency. Meaning they have their claim to power as. They can do this. Letter G, distribution. Develop allocation and distribution control systems consistent with the priorities and allocations procedures and prescribed by the Department of Commerce for materials and equipment needed for housing and develop programs for the domestic distribution and use of mobile lodging facilities in an emergency. Okay? Means they get to distribute the development of what they've allocated, and what they're going to place. And they get to talk to whoever about it. Stockpiles, letter H, assist the Office of Emergency Planning in formulating and carrying out plans for stockpiling of strategic and critical materials and survival items in the housing field. Basically, providing the materials to always support the facilities that each other executive order builds up. So this holds account to that, those other executive orders. Letter I, economic stabilization. Cooperate with the Office of Emergency Planning and the Federal Financial Agencies in the development of preparedness measures involving emergency financing, real estate credit, and rent stabilization. And have control of the economy. Section 3, cooperation with Department of Defense. In with national civil defense plans, programs, and operations of the defense, excuse me, of the Department of Defense under Executive Order number 10952. The administrator shall okay. The one that is controlling over the housing and community section is talking with the Department of Defense at this. Why would they need that? Well, to barricade what they got. But letter A says billeting. Develop plans for a billeting program, including advice and guidance for state and local government agencies and the administration thereof. The Secretary of the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare shall incorporate billeting plans in the general welfare guidance program for states. Now, what is billeting? Huh? Simple. It's a fancy word for document. (laughs) That's really what it is. And then there's the letter B, temporary housing. Develop plans for the emergency repair and restoration to use of damaged housing for the construction and management of emergency housing units and the community facilities related thereto and for the emergency conversion to dwelling use of non-residential structures with public funds through direct federal action or through financial or credit assistance. Temporary housing, places where that has nothing and they're taken control of. Letter C, population movement, participate in the preparation of plans for determining which areas are to be restored and in the development and coordination of plans for the movement of people on a temporary basis from areas to be abandoned to areas where housing is available or can be made available. Oh my goodness, saying that we're going to remove you from your homes, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Even stating it right there. Letter D, shelter, assist in the development of plans to encourage the construction of Fallout shelters for both old and new housing In conformance to the national shelter policy Meaning, now these are concentration camps (laughs) E. Vulnerability Participate in promoting the dispersal of new or expanding communities And government installations in conformance To national vulnerability reduction policy (laughs) With that There is no vulnerability. The vulnerability is their intent. But N letter F damage assessment maintain a capability to assess the effects of attack on housing resources, both at national and field levels, and provide data assistance to the Department of Defense. Again, assessing the damage of what's happened or what could happen. Section four, research. Within the framework of overall federal research objectives, the administrator shall, supervise or conduct research directly concerned with carrying out emergency preparedness responsibilities, designate representatives for necessary ad hoc or task force groups, and provide advice and assistance to other agencies in planning for research in areas involving the agency's interests. Again, being able to research whatever they want to. And again, with Section 5, letters A, B, and C, with Section 6, 7, 8, all is... That, banana split. Functional guidance, Section 5. The administrator in carrying out the functions assigned in this order shall be guided by the following. Yes, it all says the same thing. So, interagency cooperation, the administrator shall assume the initiative in developing joint plans for the coordination of civilian housing and emergency programs of those departments and agencies which normally have responsibilities for any segment of such activities. He shall utilize to the maximum those capabilities of other agencies qualified to perform or assist in the performance of assigned functions by contractual or other agreements. B. Presidential coordination. The Director of the Office of Emergency Planning shall advise and assist the President in determining policy for and assist him in coordinating the performance of functions under under this order with the total national preparedness program. Letter C. Emergency planning. Emergency plans and programs and emergency organization structure required thereby shall be developed as an integral part of the continuing activities of the housing and home finance agency on the basis that it will have the responsibility for carrying out such programs during during an emergency. The administrator shall be prepared to implement all appropriate plans developed under this order. Modifications and temporary organizational changes based on emergency conditions will be in accordance with the policy determination by the president. Section six. Emergency actions. Nothing in this order shall be construed or construed as conferring authority under the Title III of the Federal Civil Defense Act of 1950, as amended, or otherwise to put into effect any emergency plans, procedure, policy, program, or course of action prepared or developed pursuant to this order. Such authority is reserved to the President. Section seven: Redelegation. In carrying out the functions outlined in this order, the Administrator may reassign the, reassign such functions to to and designate or appoint any official or employee with within the Housing and Home Finance Agency, including the constituent agencies to serve in any position within the Housing and Home Finance Agency. And Section 8, Prior Actions, the, to the extent of any inconsistency between the provisions of any prior order and the provisions of this order, the latter shall control. Emergency preparedness order number 6, here to 4, issued by Director's Office of Civil and Defense Mobilization, 26FR658-659, is hereby revoked, signed John F. Kennedy, February 16th, 1962. And with that, everyone, we're going to take a short break, get a word from our sponsors, and be right back. Sit tight. You've been awesome. Staying in, listening to Truth and Love. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We do appreciate... <laughs> Almost lost my paper there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we do appreciate you all staying tuned and listening into this awesome information, this free content that we always provide and we always always want to say before we talk about our economic patterns of the elite that we are not licensed financial advisors we are not licensed attorneys we are not licensed asset asset protection specialists we are not licensed tax accountants and we are not licensed tax attorneys so if you have anything that has to do with your finances Have to deal with those specific areas, please talk to your specialist. They'll take care of that for you. We're just here to save you time on how you can build concept, on how you can build your long-term generational wealth faster with understanding the concepts. With that being said, of course, we're gonna go into our stock pick ICBC, okay, which is stock symbol IDCBF. It was last at 59 cents three weeks ago. Now it's at 58 cents a share. And this is the best time to buy. Why? Because this particular stock, just like the others, always profit when the market gets really intense. Okay? That's the stocks that we always give out. Those are the only stocks we want to give out. We always want to give the best wealth out there that will help everyone. So, meaning. Anyone who has a frickin' dollar can invest in this company. That's one share you can at least hold on to. If you don't have a dollar, do not be going to frickin' McDonald's buying a cheeseburger or let alone hamburger or whatever else you can buy for a dollar there when that will not even sustain you your entire life. It'll only sustain you for... It'll actually deteriorate your health and it'll actually only last you until you're hungry again. Okay? With this, you could buy 100,000 cheeseburgers. Don't recommend you do that. (laughs) It's just an example. Now, that's why we say to always invest in low-tax or tax-free wealth. Such as 1031 exchanges for real estate, index universal life insurance for the best insurance for life and wealth. Okay, life insurance doesn't really do anything when the dollar is completely collapsed. All right, so that's why index universal life insurance follows. I'm a licensed life insurance, life and health insurance agent. I'm not licensed at all for indexed universal life insurance, okay? I'm not selling indexed universal life insurance. I'm just explaining exactly what univ- index universal life insurance is for the tax-free wealth, meaning it acts as life insurance, but it makes money by following the stock market. That's how it works. Now. Please. Talk to your. Licensed financial advisor. That does sell. In indexed universal life insurance. It is the best tax free wealth. It's one of the big things that politicians use. Okay. It's what big business owners use. It's what the elites use. Now. This is not the only thing besides the 1031 exchange for real estate, which actually is a low portion of taxes that you pay. All right. There's also municipal bonds. You can also do charitable donations, gifting. All right. When you've acquired a certain amount of wealth, you give it to charity, you you gift it to others or you give it to church or... Nonprofit, that's tax free. You don't pay tax on stuff that you give, especially in nonprofits and just gifting in general. So, with that being said, as going into precious metals, questions need to be asked as to what kind of buyer are you? All right. This means that how long do you plan to hold your precious metals? because this is one of the things you don't need to be licensed to sell. You don't need to be licensed to sell precious metals. Okay? Just to sell it. If you're a business, yes, you need this you need specific licenses for what you're doing. No doubt about that. But just selling it in general, okay, for a company, you don't need a license. Now, how long do you plan to hold your precious metals? If it's a year or less, It's highly not recommended. You're not going to get anything for it. You could do five to ten years. You could do a year or less. So it's highly not recommended. It's only going to be recommended when it is going to do a very high peak. So if you're at the closing time of when it's just about worthless of the dollar and you grab those coins and then you... Sell them out in that same year? Yeah, that's understandable. But as an overall long-term, there's 5 to 10 years. And then there's more than 10 years. So you're building wealth for your heirs or your family security or whoever else. You need to also ask, what is your main objective? All right. Are you there to be increasing your returns and your wealth accumulation? Are you there to have capital, which is wealth preservation, or are you looking for both? All right. And do you consult with an advisor or broker before making a financial decision? Okay. (laughs) I can tell you right now, some people listening in probably don't, and some probably do. All right. So if you don't have a financial advisor, you need one. That doesn't mean you're paying him by the hour or her by the hour or her by the monthly. Your your financial advisor is someone that you, when you find the right companies, you'll find the ones where you pay your financial advisor for what you need done. That's all. So you either have one, you either go between financial advisors, like you bounce around to different companies, or you go to your same financial advisor every single time. Now, those are some questions you need to ask yourself. Is this something that's beneficial for me? And is this something I need to speak to a professional about? So on and so forth have to ask specific questions in order to get to the root so that way you are productively contributing to building that wealth instead of creating a hindrance of not making rational decisions by not thinking about it all right you need to make quick decisions in the moment you need to make a decision like that at a snap of a finger you can think about the decision In the process of what's happening But that decision has to be made There's no time to be waiting around on a decision So with that being said We appreciate everyone listening in We love everyone that wants to Listen to truth Gather as much information The free information to build wealth To learn what's going on in the world Learning about the elites But we do this because we fully believe Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior Yeshua Mashiach Jehovah okay that he died on the cross rose three days later from the grave shedding his blood once and for all so that way people did not have to drink baby blood eat their penal glands and have fake have a fake life Or someone or the one and only died so you can have real eternal life again we're not here to force our faith and beliefs upon anybody we're here just to present the facts this is what we believe and we're presenting facts with people's stories and that coming together so with that being said peace out everyone laters